and welcome to the Austin Art Talk podcast. My name is Scott David Gordon, your host. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen, and I do hope you're enjoying the interviews I've been sharing. The focus of this podcast is on the interesting and creative people of Austin, Texas. As always, my intention is to have meaningful and in-depth conversations that I hope will be of value to you, the listener. They certainly are to me. I really love doing these interviews, and hopefully we can all figure out together how to better connect and support our local art communities and create opportunities and success for ourselves through conversations like these. You might have noticed, unlike many other podcasts, this one has no sponsors. For me, it's a passion project that I create and produce 100% on my own every week please consider helping to support me and my continued efforts by becoming a patron of mine. Go to austinarttalk.com and click on the support tab to learn more. And if you really love an episode and have a feeling it might benefit someone else, please share it with them. It might be exactly what they need to hear. Thanks to those who follow and interact with me on Instagram, at austinarttalk. That is by far my favorite social media platform. I post daily about local art events and try to support and share the work of previous podcast guests, along with other interesting people, art, and podcasts that I find which you might enjoy. On to the rest of the show. Dallas-based artist Matthew Brinston categorizes his very distinctive painting style as something like descriptive realism that leans towards the abstract. The characters in his works come confidently right out of his imagination with each decisive brushstroke, and to me seem especially unique and attractive in an odd way. Over the last six years, since he was involved in an almost fatal motorcycle accident that changed his life, he has been painting in earnest and feels that his purpose is to create art to make the world a better place and to help others, primarily directed by his faith in God. Be sure to check out the work and also his very distinctive self-branding, social media approach, and marketing style that, as he states in the interview, is aimed at getting people to take a pause. Just search for Brinston on Instagram or visit his website at brinston.co. Enjoy the interview. Thanks, Matthew, for being on the podcast. Absolutely. Appreciate you being here. So you live in Dallas. Yes, sir. And you're here for your first Austin exhibition of your work at Preacher. Yes. Which went up during South by Southwest. Yep. The the private opening was on March 10th. Well, I'm wondering uh, for anyone listening that might not be familiar with you, how would you, how could you introduce yourself just to kind of get us acquainted with you? Um, my name is Matthew Brinston and I'm an artist working out of Dallas and art is taking me everywhere else as of recently and the past few years since I started. Yeah. You were saying last night, you've got a couple trips planned this year, right? Yeah. Um, overseas for the first time, overseas for the first time. And that's going to be crazy because that's going to be like for months that I'll be gone. And I've, I've never, you know, journeyed across the pond. Yeah. Either side. <laughs> yeah. So I've I've been to like the Caribbean. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. How would you describe your work, or how do people describe your work? Um, I mean, it's definitely it's not realistic, but it's I've described it as descriptive realism. <laughs> you can tell what's going on, but it's still abstracted to where you know it's definitely not in the realm of realism. Yeah, but it's non-observational, right? It's just like yeah, it's all completely out of your head, off the cuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, you know, going from models or anyone in in front of me. But uh, who knows? Maybe I will in the future. Yeah. And did you start your life thinking that you would be an artist at all, or what did, no. what did you think? 
I had no idea that, that was even an option. Like, hmm. I was drawing whenever I was a kid, and my high school art teacher kind of forced me to turn my uh, drawings into paintings, and like was just staying on me for four years. Oh, really? And, and did like, you appreciate that, or were you? I was just like, it, it was annoying because it was school, and that's like, you know, that's what the mindset kids have towards school yeah. and teachers. Yeah, resistance. And then, yeah, I was just like, it's time to go to college, so well I'm, I'm good at this art thing and i know uh like marketing is like a feasible like logical thing to go into like if you have to pick a career to yeah, like if, make a living yeah and then i had no idea like that uh that painting was going to be or like being an artist was going to be the way i made a living mm-hmm. or the way that i supported me and my future family if that happened yeah, yeah. and uh but your family probably wanted you to do something more practical, right? They or were they were up for anything. They, I mean, oh, they okay. never they never said you should be this or you should be that. Uh, my my family was always supportive of anything I did as long as it was for the right reasons and yeah. with uh, you know pure intentions. Yeah, in and, Dallas or yeah, in okay. Dallas. Mm-hmm. I was going to school at uh, Dallas Baptist University, and I was playing music with in a band with uh, these guys that I've been playing music with since like I was able before I was able to drive Mm. so like we were together through high school and into college and we got signed to a label in college and that was it seemed like what it was was supposed to be like happening for like like our lives it was supposed to be like what we were going to do yeah and it made sense at the time but you uh, were just being a musician and partying and having fun yeah having a lot of fun and uh probably not staying too focused on the actual art of being a musician. Yeah. Did but, you do some modeling too? Yeah, I did a little bit of modeling. My uh, photographer friend, Nicolette uh, Mollette, she, she was just like, Hey, you're going to be a model and <laughs> I'm going to sign you up for this agency and they're going to, they're going to sign you. And I was like, all right, why not? Yeah. Uh, that's fine. So, she introduced me to some agency and they signed me to their agency and I just went with the flow, did a few jobs. Yeah. And my band and I, we went to Los Angeles to do this music video for like the single that they were going to release and the label like paid for everything. It was just crazy. Like a week of almost famous. Wow. And, uh, we were about to go on our first tour after we got back from that. And, I got back to Dallas and I was in this like massive motorcycle accident. I was the yeah. passenger and, and, uh, it definitely changed the trajectory of my life without me even knowing, like I had no idea that, uh, it just kind of shifted everything. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you almost died, right? I did die. Or you did die. I died for seven minutes and, uh, the doctors and nurses. I was it was during a subdural hematoma procedure because uh, I had a traumatic brain injury along with like broken neck and clavicle and mm. some ribs. And the doctors and nurses all told my family that well, they were telling my friends before my family got there that they should say goodbye to my to, to me. Wow. They should say their goodbyes because there's no way I'm going to make it. And wow. then I made it. And the doctors and nurses told my, my family that there's no physical explanation as to why your son's alive. It's a miracle. 
And, mm. you know, I, I would assume it takes a lot for a medical professional yeah. <laughs> to, to, talk like to say it's a miracle. It's like, wait, what does that even mean? That's not in the textbook. Yeah. So I, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you have survived? Like what were they? they well, just... my, my brain was flooded with blood Yeah. and I, I, I was dead. So like they, oh, okay. so, uh, they right. I, I don't, I don't know. It was it was probably along the lines of my 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 skull being flooded yeah, yeah. with blood and but they uh, they had intervened in some way to try to keep you alive or yeah you just came back alive I mean they definitely I mean, did their best to yeah, bring yeah, me yeah. back okay. and apparently most uh, neurosurgeons don't necessarily like if if the patient is on their way out then they there's like mm. not much I can do so. Like a lot of doctors will kind of write it off at that point. So this specific doctor that you had made a different choice, you I, feel like? I guess so. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, whenever I was I was dead, whenever I was in a coma for two days, I was face-to-face with, with Christ, with mm. Jesus Christ. And it was kind of how close we are right yeah. here. And Christ was just looking down the entire time. And then he looked up at me and he gave me this smirk of like this sarcastic smirk of like, what are you doing? It just, he just said, where are you going? I'm always going to be right here behind you. He didn't say a word, but these are all just like yeah. the thoughts that were spoken to me in that moment. Yeah. And it just, I right whenever he's, it, that all came into my mind as well as I woke up right whenever he smirked at me oh. and, uh, you woke up and you're in this hospital. I woke bed. up from a coma and yeah, it just, it happened so quickly, but it was still extremely timeless. And I just felt this crazy, overwhelming, just flooded with like love and calm. Wow. And I'd never felt anything like that before. And I, I can't wait to feel that again. <laughs> I could, it's, it, that definitely changed my relationship and thoughts on, on death and, yeah maybe what afterlife is like. Mm -hmm. So that happened and I was recovering and, uh, my, my brother-in-law, he came back and he told me that some friend of his, that he asked to pray for me, came back and he told him that I I was praying for your, your friend. He wasn't my brother-in-law at the time. I was praying for your friend. And whenever I was praying for him, I, I heard that he was going to influence the world with his second chance with his artwork. And that didn't make any sense. That didn't make, like, it wasn't like my focus. It wasn't yeah, my didn't passion. Say music or. No, it, it wasn't music. He didn't say music. He said, he said art. And that, mm. and just, it, it slowly started to click over the next year. And I was, uh, slowly like. It, yeah. What was the recovery process like? I was like, talking to these therapists and psychologists like two or three of them over a few months and like i would go to like once i I went to each one like once and i couldn't like nothing was helping like uh like i wasn't talking to these people and getting anything from it (laughs) like it was like i don't respect this guy have no reason to so why would i respect what he has to say about my life he has nothing to know about so uh whenever i was painting though I started painting in uh, the garage, and that would help me escape from everything. Hmm. All like whenever you have a traumatic brain injury, 
you have these emotions that you can't control. Like oh, really? these chemicals get released in your brain when it gets tossed around like that. Yeah. And you can't really control yourself, like your, your thought process. And, uh, so I was a pretty angry guy and probably pretty difficult to view around. Oh. But, uh, whenever I was painting, like I wasn't like thinking about how I could change what had already happened. I wasn't constantly thinking about what can I do to get back to where I was. And, Hmm. very angry about where I'm at currently and just stuck there. So even though you woke up feeling this love and this... Oh, I only felt the love whenever I was there. Whenever I woke up, I was just, okay. I was, I was in pain. <laughs> okay, okay, I had a neck okay. brace on, broken ribs, and you know, okay, okay. my head really hurt. <laughs> yeah. But uh, So you were angry. You're like, why did this happen to me? This yeah, I was like, dang, we were about to go do so much cool stuff. And now I'm here in the hospital for well, I was only there for 13 days which is crazy yeah it just uh, set me on this whole new path and slowly over the next year I was spending a lot of time painting and it became my therapy and uh, it be- became a way for me to just find it uh, like a hiding place and it was just like a, a way to like pray without hmm. having to you know really even think about anything it just it just helped me through that time, and uh, slowly I started like putting my stuff out there online and and galleries I guess around town started seeing it and hearing about uh, just what had happened because yeah. like I don't know it just started snowballing and I was able to like start showing in uh, around Dallas and in different places over the next couple of years and by the time I graduated school in 2015. I was able to just do it, hmm. you know, do it full time. And so you went back to school after your accident. Yeah, I'd, I only took a semester off. It was interesting. That, wow. Uh, I was back in school. I, like it was very, like I said, like the doctor said, it was, an, it was a miracle. Uh, I most people that have a traumatic brain injury of that like severity is it's very unlikely that they're gonna talk, walk, much less go back to you know a university and graduate. Yeah, uh, and you didn't have you didn't have to go through a therapeutic time where you had to like relearn how to do anything. No, nothing like speech therapy or a movement therapy, mechanical mm. therapy. Uh, and you weren't paralyzed, obviously. No, I was walking around in the hospital and I was hallucinating for a minute there, but mm. that was pretty scary to watch, I'm sure. But <laughs> yeah, what do you remember about the work that you started creating the paintings and drawings? Like, how were you outwardly processing and praying with this new? you know, this new kind of like effort that you put into art? Uh, I was just kind of just uh, narrating what was going on in my life. And uh, I guess just through these weird characters that I, I make up. And, yeah. What uh, did it look like? Like maybe kind of I, I have the, the first three paintings. They're little, little guys. They're just like these wonky looking little floating heads kind mm-hmm. of. Uh, one guy has his like, hands and arms and like his ears and like clouds all around them and, and i don't know they're just like these weird little i guess alter egos or something <laughs> yeah and the style that you paint in now was that the same then and was it the same before and you started from what i'm told you can tell it, it's the same guy but it's definitely changed a lot over the past four or five years yeah yeah so just always it's like it's evolving, going back and moving forward and then taking things from back there and putting it with the stuff I move forward with. 
don't know. It's just a. Uh, it's fun to just yeah. to like. I don't know. Watch it all happen because you can just always go back and and pull from your own work inspiration. Yeah. You know, I feel like that's the best way to stay inspired is to look back at your own your own past work and mm. uh, and instead of like going to like some other artist that's gone, just like kind of just inspiring yourself. And because you know, I think, I think everybody has the not only the potential to to get there and like be an artist. Like I'm sure that's possible. Can't can't be that hard. But you know, to to inspire yourself and like kind of recycle your own work that you've you've put out into yeah. new work. Yeah, or just keep kind of revisiting the. I mean, it's a lot of it's like you keep revisiting the same ideas over yeah. and over again in different like forms. That's a good way to like keep it fun. Like you may have been goofy back here and you're a little bit more serious back here and you take the goofiness and add it to the, the, the serious work and all of a sudden it becomes more fun again. Yeah. What was your degree in? What did you end up? Marketing and studio art. Okay. And painting. So I, I had no idea what I was going to do whenever I graduated, but yeah, it seems to be perfect. Yeah. Did, your studio, did the studio art part of your schooling help? guide and form you or uh i think the like the design elements and maybe like the the basic courses really like helped me grab an idea of of how to approach paintings and like kind of look at paintings as like a a formula like Mm -hmm. a like a dynamic formula Mm. for different pieces and like the the balance between shapes and colors and how they interact with each other and lock in with each other or just the way they they respond to each other it just gave like me the a, fundamentals mm-hmm. it just gave me a, a a healthy mind for for an eye for that yeah so yeah it's just it, it just seems to every painting just seems to work out yeah and the marketing part is obviously really important too yeah like whenever i i don't know like most galleries are interesting to work with it's like some of them can't keep up like, uh, like i'm doing things that they haven't done before they can do them or think of doing them. And oh, sometimes wow. it like it upsets them, but <laughs> okay. what can you do? Yeah. 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 I definitely want to talk more about that. I just wanted to back up a little bit and just, I'm wondering how and when did the anger start to Mellow? diminish or transform into something else? Um, if it did, I mean, do you still feel anger? Uh, I'm a pretty happy guy. It's crazy. You can you can see like what what the artist is feeling in their work. Like you, I, I didn't realize until like the past like year or so that like you can really see like where the person was when they were creating that piece or yeah. like what they were putting into it. Like I had a guy uh, tell me to come get a painting because it was kind of disrupting the environment that it was in because of how aggressive the painting was yeah yeah i had no idea that that was possible but i mean i've made people cry with happiness with paintings like many times and i've never until this past year experienced someone saying this painting is too aggressive it's upsetting the environment of the house and dogs aren't acting trained people are asking why it feels so strange in the house wow on a regular basis and I don't know. It, it, that was actually kind of flattering. Yeah, and then they took it out, and everything was fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I, may, I, I haven't heard heard about it since. Yeah, 
Yeah. And that, that and when you created that painting, do you remember feeling that way? Yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. But, you know, it, I got it out. Yeah. And I left it there and about to sell that painting next week. Oh. <laughs> Another experiment. See how that goes. <laughs> yeah. In someone else's house. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. I and mean, I was it wasn't selling it wasn't for sale in the other place. It was it was for sale. It wasn't bought for yeah. the other place. Oh, okay. But uh so you learn about yourself looking at your work looking back and kind of realizing where you were yeah i'm learning a lot about that in the past year okay so a lot of that a lot of like being like oh wow i really need to be careful like with what you you put into your work is what people get out of it Hmm. and that's like kind of what my whole like mindset for it was in the since the beginning is yeah i want the the viewer to get to know themselves a bit more through this work, just as I've gotten to know myself that much more through this work. So you just got to be careful what you put into mm. stuff because it's going to come out. Because that part of you that came out in the painting connects with a similar part in me or someone else yeah. in a way. Maybe it might, it, it may not, but you know, it could, Yeah, you could get something completely different out of it. Like, That's the happiest painting I've ever seen. Someone else was like, it's scary. Get out of my house. Yeah, everyone's going to be different, right? Yeah. And the way they react. Yeah. Um, do you have any thoughts on where we could go next? Is there more of your timeline that we could talk about? Or? Yeah, going to France in like two weeks. Yeah. Going to live in a chateau for a month and then live in Paris for a month. Yeah. That's going to be crazy. I have no idea what to expect. Uh, mm-hmm. Sounds like a pretty Im- immersive thing it's like, gonna be very inspiring oh yeah it's gonna be crazy inspiring i'm gonna get just yeah I, I, I spend a lot of time with a lot of people like people are always coming to my studio people are always like just friends are always around and uh you know i'm, I'm married as well so i'm always with my wife or I'm, I'm, there's just always somebody around so i'm gonna be alone basically for a month i mean there will be other mm-hmm. artists there and whatnot i like like six other artists in the chateau but i'll definitely be spending more time alone and that'll be i'm really looking forward to that just have like consistently quiet time to just uh kind of learn more about myself because maybe i haven't been able to yeah to really have that for a while yeah that quiet time is important i think to just be with yourself yeah i mean i have that every morning i wake up really early and have that time but uh yeah maybe tell me about your day what does a day what does a typical day look like for you i wake up at six and then i go to my basement and i read scripture and i write three or four pages of like just thoughts and like morning pages almost yeah morning yeah. pages quite literally yeah and uh then i have some tea with that and uh let's just spend a little time praying mm-hmm. and then i i go at breakfast and then i have all day to either uh, I don't I don't consider like meetings or going outside of the studio work but uh, sometimes like, there's like days and sometimes weeks where you have to like just go talk to people about painting or go talk yeah. to people about whatever art it is that uh, I'm, I'm doing and sometimes it catches up to me where I'm like oh my gosh it's been three days and I've just been like meeting about stuff and like like this selling over here this over there yeah, this project painting. in the future so whenever i go into the studio it's kind of like like a binge 
of mm. just working all night and, and waking up early and yeah it, it kind of just takes different turns yeah yeah of having having time to actually work and produce the work so yeah do that and then what is it maybe like for someone that's just listening like kind of take us to your studio like what does it look like what does it feel like what does it feel like to create work to uh it's it's pretty crazy in in my studio like recently i started a a clothing line with a friend Mm -hmm. and it's called idk idc Mm -hmm. uh, dot world and actually like we have like a vinyl plotter and a printing press in my basement now i work in a basement i work in my basement so there's that going on in one one space and then there's a bunch of paintings everywhere and a lot of paintings that i'm working on usually and then uh so you usually work big and you have a lot of pieces going at the same time yeah i like to just bounce around a lot Mm -hmm. and uh that's a good way to keep everything consistent as well for like different bodies of work to uh like kind of okay this could use that over there and this also could use that over there and kind of just creates this flow of the rhythm and structure that i was talking about yeah. throughout all the pieces and they kind of just talk to each other yeah yeah it must be so nice to have the space to do that because i think some people probably just have like little tiny studios and they only have maybe space to work on one thing at a time I mean, I make it work. Yeah. I am. I'm looking forward to, on the property I live on, there's a bigger studio on the other side of the property. It's just me and my wife. And then on the other side, this photographer, our neighbor. And uh, I'm looking forward to maybe like spreading over into the bigger studio soon. But Mm -hmm. mess with that later this year. But uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun because my wife's studio is upstairs and she's always working on stuff. She does more like sculptural work. So it's it's really fun in her studio. There's like pieces hanging from the ceiling and and like wall sculptures and freestanding stuff and so it's like a it's like it sounds like a fun it's just creative like, environment. Yeah. It's like Iris Apple's house or something. Mm-hmm. It's just like wonky. Like yeah. Willy Wonka's art factory or yeah. something. <laughs> I wonder what, what does it feel like though? Like when you're just looking at a bunch of blank canvases and I mean, it's like, are you thinking? Are you just like, is it totally oh, I see mind everything. blank or that's like borderline? Like, Oh yeah. Blank canvases are just like those over there. There you see them. Like they're, they're just, I see everything. They're like little portals, oh. you know, they're like portals of thought. You can just apply any, anything you want, any combination of idea, any, any technique, any, it's, it's, it's a whole new, whole new world on each in each canvas. Yeah, it seems like your approach is just so it's like so open, experimental, but it's also very decisive, and it doesn't seem like you have a lot of hesitation in your strokes and your movements. And you no, know. I, there's no you can't spend too much time thinking about it. Like earlier, we were talking, can't get the perfection. Let the perfectionist in you get in, the, in your way, yeah, because that'll just that'll keep you in one spot, and the perfectionist. And you, you can be a perfectionist and have like quality stuff, obviously, but you can't let it like take control. You got to stay in control. You know, you got to just be instinctual. Like that's the way I like to work. Yeah. Have you always been so confident though? I mean, you seem pretty confident about what you're doing. Yeah. I don't know. I I definitely seem to have a lot of confidence. 
Do you feel that? You, you feel the confidence? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Like I'm not that. I'm not scared much. It's a lot of fun what I do. So there's no no reason to be like hesitant towards yeah. anything. I, I feel like you know my confidence comes from that time whenever I I wake up and I pray and I I pray to to not be timid. Ah, and yeah. I, tell me about your prayers. Like, what do you? Well, uh, they're they're mainly you know, scriptural. And mainly just reading out uh, different different parts of uh, the Bible and mm-hmm. kind of go off into a conversation with with God, yeah. And uh, just pray that the Holy Spirit will will kind of possess me in a sense and uh, just make me a, a magnet to anybody that wants to just that needs something. Mm. Like it, it's it's funny. Like people seem to open up to me about a lot. A lot of times people end up crying, and I, I don't know what it is, but I'm always down to talk to them, though, you know? Yeah, but tell me about a moment like that where... People just end up like they're vulnerable at some moment, and I just happen to be there. Hmm. And they're just they're like, I have this problem, this problem, this problem, this, this winds up in tears, and I don't know, like, I lately I've just been talking to people and telling them something that can help them, and then I, the conversation's over, I don't even know where it came from. Like it, it's just like a, it, it's like what I pray for actually works. <laughs> it's like, it, it's not my wisdom. It's not coming from me. Like it's not the, it's, it's not coming from my mind. It's just what I'm being told to, to say almost. Is that how your work comes out too? Yeah. Like that's guided. You yeah. Feel like? And they're definitely just like me being like, okay, what, what do I need to talk about in this one? What do I need mm. to, what needs to be, uh, what needs to be said? who needs to see this, you know, how will this help somebody? Cause in the end, all that whole thing I just told you about, about how I met Christ and yeah, that wasn't, that didn't happen to me for me. Like that would be selfish to think mm. that I, like, it's not to be like, Oh, I met Christ. Like I died. It's not for me to look cool or to come off as like better than anything or anyone. Yeah. It's, 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 it happened to me for other people to get something from. It didn't happen to me for me to get something from. It was an experience that I'm supposed to tell you about. This is an experience that I'm supposed to tell Joe or Jane that's telling me all their problems about so that they can get something from it so that they can, be inspired from it and come up out of their situation because that situation that I was in, that was the worst situation ever. Like I was broken. I was completely broken. I didn't know what was going to happen. And I had a lot of advantages, I'm sure, because like I have family that loves me, but like I used it as momentum to get me to where I'm at now and not to like the momentum to go down further, but Mm. to come up and just have a platform to speak about it on you know yeah so and the art is the thing that kind of facilitates these connections and yeah yeah the vulnerability the art it just starts with the art you know like this is i'm not an artist like i'm not solely an artist that's not my identity Ah. like i don't think of myself as like i'm not just an artist i'm i'm a a vessel you know Hmm. like you're not defined by your occupation or you're not defined by the the person you're you're with, or that you spend your life with. You're you know a, a creation that's meant for much more than just you know being a an accountant or a photographer or a painter or a yeah a, a carpenter. Like you know you're meant for much much more than just that. You're meant to use that as a place to to help people. 
like your purpose. I know you've yeah. talked about that. Purpose. That's a good word for it. But you didn't feel like maybe before your accident you knew what your purpose was. Heck no. I was just crazy kid. Still crazy. A little crazy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I was just a kind of aimless, reckless. Got on the back of a motorcycle and ran to a curb at 75 miles an hour. Just, that's a great analogy. You know, yeah. how kind of reckless it was. Selfish wow. and not really thinking too much about what was going to happen. I still don't do that, but yeah, it's just a little bit more calculated, a yeah. lot more calculated. About consequences or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even though I was just chainsawing last, like two days ago. Yeah. <laughs> right. And don't you feel now like more of a sense of peace about your life and direction than you ever had before? Absolutely. Every day, things become a lot more clear than they were the day before, like... Yesterday was a great day. I just had a crazy opening. I get preacher, and there were so many people there, and it was fantastic. And I got to meet all these new people and and show in a new city. And I thought, wow, I'm feeling super good. And then I wake up today, and this is a whole new thing. Everything's new. It's a new adventure. Yeah. Like all and a whole new perception of what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, what I what mm. I was supposed to do yesterday wasn't what I'm supposed to be doing today. So wow! Just, so you start every day fresh, yeah, without any preconceived ideas about who you are, what you're doing, or what you need to do. You just kind of yeah are open. Yesterday's goals are accomplished. Today's a whole new day. Hmm. Yeah, just taking it a day at a time. But uh, and having seems like a lot of gratitude. Just the fact that you're here, right? Yeah, like you, you got to stay grateful. If if you don't stay grateful, then how are you going to move forward? If you're not grateful for the the little house that you have and the crappy car that you drive and how are you going to move up from that and have a, a, a bit of a more functional vehicle or a, a little a little nicer house for you and your family to live in and like you know how you can't you got to be grateful for your financial situation you got to be grateful for the the relationships you have because even if they're bad there there's room to create a beautiful relationship if your sister you know and you are fighting and she's being nasty or you're being just as nasty it's like you gotta just you gotta shower them with love so they have no reason but to to feel that you know mm. it's, it's just a it's, it's kind of simple it's hard to get there it takes a lot to like finally like just give up and you kind of mm. just like gotta give up you gotta die to every person you you meet every person that you you interact with so that you can just let the spirit overtake the situation yeah you said die to them yeah like you yeah. know metaphorically yeah you know, like, die right yeah, i gotcha <laughs> but uh yeah that's that's the kind of philosophy i i have on day to day what's it like having marie in your life having found someone like her that you could spend maybe the rest of your life with that's I feel very fortunate to at like such a young age like I got married when I was 24 and she was 21 and we were so sure of it and we still are every day we know that we're going to be a different person when we wake up and it's just a whole another person to fall in love with like yeah. you know when you get married that shouldn't be the peak of your love for each other you know your honeymoon shouldn't be or your honeymoon phase shouldn't be like the peak of your your love for each other it should grow higher and higher every day it shouldn't just continually decrease and yeah. you start slowly hating each other and even if you do just start saying that you are having a great marriage in your head 
even if you do like start having a crappy relationship just in your head and to other people how's how's marie doing oh it it's amazing <laughs> we're having an amazing relationship our everything's going great and i'm not saying that just to cover anything up but yeah. it's just it's just like the kind of you gotta you gotta tell yourself something's great if you want it to be great you know kind of like fake it till you make it or not or yeah, back and forth it's just something you gotta continue to tell yourself so that you don't because you could just say uh margaret she's such a horrible wife she just does this to me and or she doesn't do this and then that and this and or you could be like yeah um me and margaret we we actually we're having a great time our our days are filled with love and (laughs) you can just like manifest your own beautiful marriage or relationship or whatever it is you're into yeah but yeah it's just uh i think it's all you can create a sad world for yourself or you can create a happy world for yourself but it's kind of just up to you where you you let your your thoughts lie yeah so you're very mindful of how you think about things how you think about life and people and yeah, whenever I start having, if I have a negative thought, or if I'm like worrying about something happening and something that I can't even control, I, it's just like, get out, you know, stop it. Like, just like, I just pray that, like, the Holy Spirit will just overtake those thoughts and just kick them to the curb, bind them, send them back to hell. <laughs> you purge them into your work somehow, too? or? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I definitely, like, it's still therapy for me, you know? It doesn't stop being therapy. Like I, I definitely put everything into my paintings. Like once it's on canvas, it's out of me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and then once I sign it, it's not mine. But before you start a piece, like you were saying earlier, you have a pretty clear intention of what you want to communicate with that exact piece, or you just have kind of a general theme of like, okay, all this work is going to be about this. Uh, no, it'll vary. Like the work you saw, is it's all over the place. Like it, it comes from different parts of life and it comes from different thoughts, but you know, holds together pretty nice. Yeah. Because of your style. You yeah. Think? Because yeah. of your, and the like time frame that it was made in. Yeah. Over like a month or so. And you know, it just, it all came together. It usually does all those things. So all the work up at preacher is recent. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Most of it's all in the past like month or month and a half since I've known about the, like I, sh- I think me and the curator Sarah Trapp, we spoke on the phone. It's like at the beginning of the year, so well, it was like a couple months ago. And uh, I had a few projects to finish up before I could start on this show. But uh, yeah, it's all fairly recent. Do you like a deadline? Does that help you? Deadlines are helpful, but either way, I'll still be making work. Yeah, it just it helps to be like intentional. If it works for this or that, you know, for curation wise and for just peace of mind. Yeah. Maybe you could talk about how you think about marketing and kind of like your brand. I mean, did you intentionally kind of create the brand of you of Brinston or is that just that just kind of organically happened? No, um, actually, the same friend of mine, Nicolette Mollette, who got me into some modeling thing. She was the one who was like, you should just just use Brinston. And make that your thing. Just yeah. just sign your paintings as Princeton. We were in Austin actually, whenever she said that to me, and I just was like, "All right, you're you're right. You're probably right. I'll do that." <laughs> and then I just started signing everything as Princeton, and then people started calling me Princeton, and it just became kind of. It's not me anymore. It's like I want it to be more than me, like even more so than it is now. It's it's its own thing now. 
you know, yeah. it's kind of turned and in, snowballed into a, a brand. Yeah. I don't know if that's a great well, word. Well, maybe that's not a great word. Yeah, just, <laughs> brand. Yeah. That's one of those overused words. Like yeah. whenever it's, it's like a election season, like narrative and yeah. And or maybe persona. <laughs> not maybe. Yeah. It's like, it's kind of like a, like a, just a different side of me, I guess. Yeah. Cause it's just my art, you know, I want, I want my art to be something that is more than like, like I said earlier, whenever I talk to those random people that just spill it all to me, mm-hmm. like I don't know what I said to them to get them to like have that helped feeling. Yeah. And it's the same thing whenever I'm painting. It's like, I don't know how I got there, but it, it worked out. But where does the, where does any kind of like your, I mean, not to be too like technical about it, but like, where does your then marketing school of study come in? Like, how do you um, apply that to your art career? I guess in a way that I might just, be interesting to other artists to hear about. I guess, uh, I think more about how like people perceive things and how their brains may like, it's really hard to connect the dots for people nowadays. Cause like, like the internet and there's so many different things coming at them that they, they have, they, you have to create a pause mm-hmm. is something that I've like kind of learned to, to try and think of like, like consciously think of whenever I'm like on a project is to like, you, people are scrolling, 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 or like just, on their phones or like walking past like a, a gallery or something and yeah. like going through a magazine, like you have to be able to learn how to create a pause for that person. Like you were driving down the road, like I was driving to Miami for Basel and, uh, there's this part in between here in Miami where it's like 100 billboards, like 50 or so on each side of you. Like, I can't remember what town you go into, but it's like, it's kind of overwhelming. Yeah. It's just like, I think I took a video of it though. It's like, boom, boom, like just taking turns on each side, like advertisement, advertisement, advertisement. And you don't even care. Like, it doesn't even make sense. Like you just, you're just like, that's a company. That's a company. That's a corporation. That's a product. And then like by the end of it, you don't even know what you were just looking at. Yeah. You have to learn how to create a, pause for the person like people are moving at 80 miles an hour all the time but make them slow down to 20 and just stop and think about what you're trying to say and what you're trying to you know visually get across to the to the viewer a lot of artists like make work for themselves and like they stick to that mindset and like it's like no this isn't for anybody else but me but it depends if you're trying to like make work to like help people or like to even like I guess sell to people or something I don't yeah. know but like if you think about other people more then you'll learn how to get their attention more mm. so I would just say creating a pause like walking down the street there's a vending machine full of artwork what is that and then it creates a pause and then it's like oh I've never seen. so you're it's about being different it's about doing something they wouldn't expect yeah, I guess, but I guess it's just in a natural way. Yeah, okay. Can't really like make it too contrived. Okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I guess that just to naturally create a pause. Yeah, maybe talk about the vending machine idea a little bit. Um, to, I'm sure people haven't heard about that. I started doing that at the beginning of the year with a collaborator of mine. We just we just acquired our second vending machine yeah (laughs) but uh the first one was in dallas in a couple of different neighborhoods and uh i just uh, got a lot of good response from 
a lot of different people around town asking me to put it in their in their businesses and they they love the idea so there's a lot of different spots that they're open to putting it in yeah but uh people are responding to it like very nicely so it's literally a vending machine that has small pieces of your work in it that you can just like swipe your credit card. Yeah, and it's it that easy. Down. It's <laughs> that easy. There's a like some shirts in there. Like, it's like fifty to a hundred bucks for like a piece of art, mm-hmm. and then it's like just super accessible stuff. Uh, it's like little bitty like prints and just like fun, fun yeah. stuff like that. Just uh, trying to, I don't know, just like a. Uh, make it a little bit more less intimidating for people because mm. I'm aware that people are very intimidated by the whole gallery thing. Yeah. And like, it's just like people will say that they'll come to shows and they don't come to shows. So it's, it's like that whole barrier that's been created by like, I guess between galleries and, yeah. and the consumer. So it's, it's just a straight shot. You don't do nothing. Just mm-hmm. you know, and it's still fun. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a game. Ah. It's like a video game. And you also um, do something pretty interesting. You'll put your work around town and tell people about it, like free work. Yeah, I'll just like be in my studio and spend like 20 minutes on a piece and then go put it next to like the museum or next to a just a prominent landmark in, in town and whatever city I'm in. And uh, sometimes I'll, I'll stick around. And I watch it go, and I talk to the person for a second, oh, or wow. I'll just like creep and like watch them take it and like video them from afar. <laughs> but uh, sometimes I won't even do that, and I'll just like wait to get a message from somebody. Yeah. Uh, but it's always fun because it's the same thing. It's just like a, it's like a little video game. Yeah. Just like oh okay, and then like one time or a few times actually, there's I just watched them and they just like run to it <laughs> and like. Like, got it oh sick and then it's just like that's so funny like you make like yesterday the, the one girl threw a hat on the ground and yeah. didn't even read it probably and just threw it on the ground and stomped on it like it's just creating a actual emotion you know yeah, yeah you made these an urgency uh, you know I like to create an urgency oh. and like uh, I must have that you know you gotta think about it that way like how are you gonna make people want your work Gotta, you got to create a a pause for people to you know stop and say I got to have that because and you want to you want to connect with people with your work right that's mm-hmm. what all it's all about anyway is creating a connection between your work and the people so that maybe they can get something out of it yeah you know what's like the community like in Dallas that your friends you're kind of saying your friends are coming through the studio there's like kind of like this certain kind of a vibe. Um, the, yeah, uh, the Dallas, like, there's like a small like community of artists in Dallas. They they are all like homies, and it's like a lot of musicians. Like all of my friends are like musicians or photographers or like, writers or someone's always doing something cool. So like my musician friends will stop by, or I'll go to this music studio, and uh, like if my friends producing someone having a session, I'll go document the the session with a sketch pad and mm-hmm. that'll happen or a photographer will come through a studio like like there's always at least like one or two that want to come over throughout the week oh yeah and it's just a time for us to like hang out get something from each other you know mm-hmm. just like a little a little juice yeah and and fuel up 
like the church I go to is is a lot like that too. They're very encourage encouraging of uh, the arts. There's mm-hmm. a few artists that go there, and uh, like the pastor at my church, he has a series going on right now called Go Big, and he wanted something in the sanctuary that said Go Big. So he's like, I'm gonna get you guys two 16 foot by 16 foot painting or canvases, and you're gonna paint them inside the church. And then we're going to have an art show. And wow. then it just came together, like he split. And we had an art show with two massive museum-scale paintings in the sanctuary. And from the sound of it, I found some people to purchase them in uh, the next couple of weeks. So oh, wow. that'll be interesting to watch unfold. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yeah, it's 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 been crazy. This, yeah, tell me about where... Where do you feel like you are in your career? I mean, I don't even—I don't even really have a sense of like the scale of your career in Dallas or the United States or whatever. You know, like, do you have a sense of that? Like, I, don't, I mean, you seem to get a lot of—you're getting a lot of attention. You have people coming to visit your studio. I don't know. You're selling work. Like, how does it? How does it all feel? How do you make sense of it? I don't know. Like, you could spend time comparing yourself to and your career to other like past artists. I mean, like. Where am I compared to Basquiat's career? Where yeah. am I compared to Picasso? Where am I compared to Matisse? Where am I compared to Kuntz? Yeah. Like, you could compare yourself to, like, that, or you could just focus on what you're doing. And I, like, talk to a lot of, like, I don't talk to a lot, but the artists I do talk to, they seem to, like, focus on other people's work a lot. I think that's to their detriment Hmm. and it's not staying focused on what you have in front of you and the opportunities you have in front of you. I don't know where I'm at in my career. I just know that I am doing not necessarily what I'm born to do, but what I'm still alive to do. Yeah. I know that there's no one way path. Like there's not one path up the mountain to the top, but I know every single artist that I admire has uniquely carved their way into into history, and you can't take the same path or carve the same path into history yeah. as the past. So, and you can read about it, you can be inspired by it, you can watch a movie or a documentary about it, but you're not going to have the same tortured artist career. So, I think the age of like the broke artist. And the starving artists and like the tortured artists is kind of coming to an end. Mm. It's like we get it. Like there were these mysterious, like disturbed artists in the past, but it's okay to not be disturbed. It's okay to be happy. It's okay to like be content with where you are and like and it's okay to be successful. It's all right. Like there's nothing wrong with that. And yeah, how do you feel about success or how deserving success or deserving money, like your relationship with money and all that stuff? Like, how does that all feel? Um, I mean, I think success is definitely monetized now, but and like it has been forever. But I feel like success comes from like more of like the, the impact you leave. Because I would, I really want to just make a, a massive thumbprint on the world. I really want to help the world, and it's like I said, it starts with art. It'll move to something else, hmm. but art will always be how it started and how it continues. I mean, the artwork is slowly. Like I've always been in charge of like my own business side of it and the marketing side of it, mm-hmm. if you want to call it that. But it's it's all happened so naturally. But uh, I think success is just something that will 
you'll you'll learn what it is along the way. <laughs> what does it mean to you right now? What's success look like? I mean, obviously, being able to paint every day, all day, if you want, like not having to worry about paying, yeah. paying the rent. I mean, that's yeah, and you you can't like let the the financial stuff get in the way because you just got to know that you got to have faith in yourself. You know, you got to have faith in, in your craft that. If you're you're nurturing your craft, like it's like a relationship with with your significant other, you yeah. know you you got to nurture that that relationship. You got to it's like the relationship with God. Like you have to nurture that relationship. You have to spend time with it, intention, and you have to spend time perfecting it. You know you have to spend time sharpening your 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 sword, your craft, and I think it'll treat you nice back if you do that. Mm-hmm. Like uh, if you're trying to be a, a full-time artist or you're you're trying to pursue something like that in a creative field like and you're over here working this other job like is that showing much faith in yourself i mean you have to get to the point where you can quit that job obviously yeah. but like you have to you have to believe in it you can't stay cynical forever but do you feel like you have a good relationship with money i mean do you have you ever had trouble like oh man they're gonna give me five thousand dollars for that painting i don't know if i feel okay with that or i deserve that or i don't know is that ever have you ever struggled with the money side of it at all? No, I've never. I've always known like the value that comes with my work, and I've always like some people have come down on me on it. Like not people that are buying it. People have always been respectful of that, but um, negative people have mm. like said, "What are you doing? You can't do that. You can't sell something for that." It's just like I just did. Yeah, you know, these are just people that are. I think people will try and come down on anybody that is trying to have success. Trolls. And, uh, <laughs> trolls, yeah. Like, but you can't listen to them because they're just jealous. Mm. You know, it's just people trying to get into your into your mind. And if you really are in such a, a unique place and like if you really are in such a mindset that you can you can stay positive through anything, then you shouldn't let this person yapping away you know, trying to get you back down to where they are, affect where you are. You yeah. can't, you can't hear them up here. You know, it's, it's lonely at the top as they say. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You just, you gotta just stay focused on, on your own path and on your own journey and, and you're not going to get there alone, but you definitely just can't let other people like success or, you know, negativity affect the, like you have to be in a hiding place. Like I said, you got to stay in that hiding place. Hmm. Kind of protect your, Protect your mindset, protect your ideas, protect your your intellectual property. Mm. And, you know, I don't know, it's just a very sensitive thing that you have to be aware of and who you let into your life. And, yeah. You know, like the... the Not having toxic people around. Yeah. You got to sometimes go through social cleanses and create a little space. And uh, I think that'll, uh, that definitely helps. Yeah. Do you find yourself being a mentor to other artists and I'm just wondering what kinds of advice you give to them if at, if at all um, I'm not necessarily a mentor to anybody I don't think I have a mentor I have a life coach of, a, of sorts yeah yeah he was a he was like a tutor for me in college my first semester I haven't seen him in eight years and we talk on the phone like every day oh wow and text and stuff we got a book club you know we talk on the phone every Saturday morning about book the book we're reading Oh, and, that sounds uh, wonderful. You gotta have constant encouragement. If if you're, it's like a, it's a very unique career to try and like pursue the arts and to try and have a 
a successful go at it. Yeah. And you got to keep people that want good for you and have like good intentions for your career to be around you. And, you know, you can't let anything from bad attitudes to substance get in your way, you know? Mm. And what what are some of the good advice that this mentor has given you or things that they've helped you with? Probably a lot of the stuff I've been talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and even like the pastor at my church, he's an, and a mentor of mine, you know, I would say. And uh, just like uh, the whole, even if things aren't going the way you think they should be, like just like knowing that it's going to work out if you keep working at it. And if you if you keep like putting the positive thought into it, you know, that, that I was talking about earlier, like, yeah, you know, this bad relationship's happening, but it's going great. Yeah. It's going great. It's happening. It's 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 in a good direction. Do but, you see your motor motorcycle accident as a blessing now? Oh, I've f- always like okay. well, for like the past five years, or thought of it as like the best thing that's ever happened to me. Mm-hmm. I've thought of it as like a bit of a cheat code that I had to go through a little bit of pain, but it's helped more people than it would have if it didn't happen. <laughs> like I've definitely been using it to help people with their lives and inspire them. And, uh, like I said, it didn't happen to me for me. It's the best thing that could have happened to me, but it happened to me for other people to gain something from, to get out of the the rut that they're in. Yeah. Best thing that's ever happened to me. Hmm. Yeah. It was scary. It was dark. It was very dark and a lot of darkness followed it. Like bad times still have happened since then, Mm. but it's, it's taught me how to come up out of those bad times, no matter what it is. And it's created a, a very strong faith in, in Christ for me. So, like Christ told me, and through the thoughts, whenever I was in front of him, he, uh, he's always around me. He's always behind me. He's in front of me. He's beside me. Like, I'm in his shadow. Like, he's all, he's surrounding me. Nothing really So you feel held almost. Like. Yeah. I feel, feel definitely very, very close in a very intimate relationship with uh with the holy spirit yeah and uh that's where i I find all the the confidence that we spoke of and and uh, the Hmm. wisdom that we spoke of do you believe in fate fate um like what do you feel like your path is already somehow chosen or kind of uh, in any way like i mean i could choose to ditch it all and live another way and go back to things I've done in the past that aren't necessarily what I'm supposed to be doing but like that I know what I'm supposed to be doing so I know that I shouldn't be doing it (laughs) it's just like I would have like these screeching voices in my head if I was doing something I wasn't supposed to be doing I wouldn't be so confident I would probably be you know broke broken and divorced (laughs) yeah you know like if I if I didn't listen to what God has to say to me and yeah. I wouldn't be in such a spot, you know. I don't take credit for what I I've done you know, or what I'm doing, or where I'm going, or where I know what's gonna or what I know what's gonna happen. It's only an opportunity for me to kind of reflect the glory that comes with it. I mean, I feel like most of us, ha- not having had this experience, that yeah. You like had, I said, cheat like, code. Yeah. How do, how do how do the rest of us find? Do you think like this kind of the clarity and peace around a purpose? You know. Um, well, it's definitely like something you have to, to chip away at. 
like you have to work at it every day and it's definitely something that comes with time you know yeah. you gotta give it time like I was telling you yesterday yeah the whole series and it just comes with a consistency in your own life and like uh you know you're listening to your your conscience like it, you're listening to that little voice inside of you that's telling you you know you shouldn't be going in this direction you should be heading down this direction in the fork in the road yeah i think uh if you consistently listen to that voice in all aspects of your life even if it results sometimes in people being mad at you because you broke up with the girl or the guy that loves you and they may not be good for you or you may not be good for them. Breaking that off or not spending so much time with this group of people or this group of people and maybe not going to this place or it, it comes with pain, it comes with mm. like like a little bit of sadness, but the end results are rather great. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, that's what I would say. It's just to uh, know how to trim the fat in your life. and So it's about listening and just awareness of yeah. your thoughts, your intuitions, your... Yeah, I mean, if you let God into your life, God's going to rule your life with greatness. Like, God is going to... If you are faithful to God, God is going to be faithful to you. And that's like a, a hump you have to get over for yourself. Mm. Like, it's not like your life once you like let God into your life. Once you let God into your life, it like He's he's going to use you. And God's going to take you places that you'd never imagined. It may look weird at first. It may like seem like it's not going to happen, but it's like this weird, you know, hyperlinked code that you just you don't see it coming. But it all it fits and intertwines perfectly in the end. Hmm. But it's dark and confusing along the way. You yeah. just you, you gotta have faith. That's the yeah, whole idea of it, you know, faith. Right. Cool. Well, I really appreciate your time. I appreciate everything you said and sharing. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thanks. See you later. Good luck with everything. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening. One more thing before you go. If this episode or any other I've produced have helped you or added value to your life, please support the podcast so it can continue and grow. Just go to austinarttalk.com forward slash support. There you can find a link to my Patreon page and there is also a PayPal option and an Amazon affiliate link. I couldn't keep doing this without your help. All the best to you and take care.